0: and welcome to another episode of Building Minnesota Rocker. We're here at WeWork in downtown Minneapolis. We've got Annie Scott Riley, VP of Marketing and Creative, and we're joined for the first time by Chris Vanderbeek, Director of Events and Business Operations. So we're excited to have uh, these two on the show to talk about what the next few weeks look like uh, heading into our launch weekend event. Uh, We're missing Ashley again today. Uh, Midnight is she's been a little sick she's talked about it on on her twitter a bit um so don't mind sharing it here but uh we miss ashlyn we hope she feels better soon um that she can uh, get back to sitting at the controls of the podcast and i can go back to just uh listening and chiming in every once in a while
1: <laughs> um and before we get underway here just want to say thank you to we work for this incredible space where we are currently posted up while we wait for our facility in eagan to be completed we're the we work here in downtown minneapolis and very comfortable
0: pretty good (laughs) it's pretty
1: Pretty great yeah and um also want to plug our tickets if you would like to join us for the launch of call of duty league in uh later this month oh my goodness it's this month now it is this month (laughs) happy happy new year (laughs) january 24 through 26 at the armory in downtown minneapolis uh you can get tickets at rockertickets.gg
0: we're 22 days away from launch weekend kicking off. And Annie, how are you feeling about that coming up here?
1: I feel great. (laughs) How do you feel, Brett?
0: Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) The the clock is ticking, but it's very, very exciting.
1: It is very exciting. It's very, very exciting. And I think it's especially exciting right now for Chris. Yes. Who is planning this event top to bottom right now. So, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and, and what you were doing before you came to the wonderful world of Minnesota Rocker.
2: Yeah, so I spent uh, six and a half years about and in, in the NBA and WNBA uh, producing and directing uh, home games and events for the the Timberwolves and Lynx. So uh, super fun, super exciting, uh, just a really uh, awesome experience to be entertaining pe- really big groups of people. And...
1: So like, how does that work? Like if you're producing the event, do you, I mean, do you have different groups of people that do different things like is there is it like one big party <laughs> so
2: the common misconception a lot of people don't realize is that there's our team is sort of like the group that people game ops is what we call it in the yeah. industry right so people don't really understand that we exist they just go to the game buy their tickets sit down watch people run around yeah and then it just happens right it just sort of happens like someone <laughs> pushes a button and then everything just sort of falls into place so there's about a team of 10 to 20 people all sitting on headset running around the arena producing every little moment sitting with the host sitting with the people that run the video board the lights the sound changing every little piece of it bringing this sound level up bring that one level down so there's this team of people that we have and produce every single game and some of them are, are running around the court others are, are down in the control room area but we've got about, but 20 people or so that help us produce every single game
1: so you're kind of like the Wizard of Oz
2: A little bit. I kind of, I actually think on one of my, like, social pages, I have, like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So, like, that's literally kind of what we do. I I, I liken it to, like, the offensive line of the sports business world. No one really sees you as much. You don't get credit for a lot of stuff, which is okay, but, like, you're just behind. It happens by magic. You're, You're moving everything forward. You're just, you know, moving everything forward.
1: So when you think of a basketball game, like you think of the basketball, but really what you do is everything in between the basketball moments. Is that fair to say?
2: I would say on the basketball side, it sort of is everything in between, and even in any sport. So it's hockey or, or baseball or basketball or whatever it is. Um, we're managing the in-game elements as well as the time outbreak. So when the, when the game goes to commercial... That's when we really come to life with our hosts and our music and the you know encore contests and weird marriage proposals and stuff that we come up with and the and the weird mascot skits to take place, uh, but we're also managing the in game part too. So we're very much managing and watching if the Timberwolves go up on a run of you know ten points, we've got to make sure that there's sound and that there's graphics to accompany the big baskets that they make. Or if we're going into a big defensive stand. We're helping guide the crowd into understanding that oh we should all get behind and, and cheer in this moment and support the team. There's a lot of people that aren't necessarily basketball fans that come to the game, so we help lead those chants when we need to. And if there's a big, big defensive stand, we're jumping into defense early and getting the entire arena behind us, chanting defense with us. So it's not just those timeout breaks, but it's also the in-game piece too, which is where you know basketball ops has you know, can be very uh, appreciative of when we're helping support the team and things like that.
1: Well, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about how you're going to bring that experience and that um, that sense of, like, making it fun for everyone, whether you're a super fan or not a super fan. I'm I'm very excited to talk about that, but first I have a really important question. Yes. Uh, what is the weirdest marriage proposal that you arranged?
2: There's been a couple. That's a good question. We, so <laughs> when we do, for anyone who is trying to get married at a sports game, the first thing you should do is make sure the person you want that you want to propose to is actually okay with doing that. <laughs> I've seen that happen where we were at, I think it was when I was with, uh, working in minor league baseball. Uh, the young lady that was proposed to was not very enthused. She was not happy. And so we did some on-game, con- some, on, some on-field contest where she was you know, being surprised and then she'd turn around and, oh, there he is proposing with the ring, and she was not happy. And you could tell visibly that she was just not into this. Oh no! Um, so that was—I mean, that was, was kind of unfortunate. Do
1: you think she was not into the guy, or she was just like, "I don't want this"? Statement. I think she was Russell. into the guy, <laughs> but I just
2: don't think she wanted to be proposed to in front of like seven thousand fans outdoors <laughs> at a baseball game.
0: Or maybe it was all those things coming together where she wasn't sure about the guy, and, and in the back of her head, not. she, she had, had been thinking, "Maybe this is the kind of guy that would propose at a baseball game, and that's not what I want." And then yeah. it all just. Yeah, I don't know if they're together. still together. I don't know. I hope so. but You don't follow up? No, we, we try not to.
2: No. Just, just let it be. But we do, we've had <laughs> ones where people pop out of boxes. That was kind of fun. Ooh. We had three boxes on the court, and then they had to pick one, kind of like uh, pick which door,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a big
2: prize inside of it, and well, there was a human being, uh, a man, that was ready to propose. So <laughs> we've kind of done some weird ones, but th- and that's part of it. So when we do proposals, at least you know the way that we did it in, in my area, is that we just don't put people on the video board and then wait for them to be on, and oh, oh here I go, here I propose. <laughs> it's more of let us take this and let us turn this into an entertainment piece. So when we do a proposal, we ask them, okay, what are you comfortable with? Are you okay with this and this? We sort of take control of their proposal and sort of create the entire situation for them and produce this exciting, entertaining moment that's a little bit different than just being on the video board and doing it. Mm-hmm. It's actually this piece where there's a lot of moving parts and a reveal, and sometimes we'll put a message on the video board that says, This is not a real contest. He's about to propose to her to let everybody in the audience get oh, in on okay. it. So long. that they're all waiting for it and they know, <laughs> okay. so that when they see it happen, they're all actually like excited and they, they're waiting for it too because they don't know how it's going to turn out. That's so. Smart. It's, it's turning these really simple moments into entertaining opportunities to, to excite fans and, and get people just to you know, play with their emotions a little bit. And that's kind of what we try to do. And in, when we're working on the in-game side of it with the, the big shots, when Carlton Talent Towns hits a big dunk or whatever, or makes a big dunk, um, we put up a big dunk thing on the, on the board and, and do that. So it's those opportune moments to really tap into people and really play with their emotions.
1: That's awesome.
0: And no, no requests for marriage proposals yet for launch weekend. We right? haven't.
2: Uh, there are. I mean, we there's definitely, still there's we still could time. Consider it if that, that's you know the direction you would like to go. <laughs> we can definitely look into that. But yeah, so do it. <laughs> oh, open invitation. We to make the fan it base, so it sounds cool. Like. It <laughs> would be the first proposal of the Call of Duty League.
1: That's true. So
0: go down in history. Yeah, that's true.
1: I like it. Amazing. So you've been with us about six weeks now. Is
0: that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got to get used to his tenses here. Cause this whole conversation, it's been it's been present tense with Timberwolves, and really that's the past tense. Now you're part of part of this group.
2: It right? is. Yeah. I'm probably going to do that for a little <laughs> bit longer. Everybody <laughs> seems to do that when you yep. move from one. Yep. And it's it's different if you were like coming from a corporate world, moving to another corporate company. Mm-hmm. But when you're so ingrained with a team, it's just it yep. becomes a part of you. And so uh, oh, I, I that's 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 slow slipping away which is which is good but it's been six weeks and it it, it feels like a lot longer than that which is surprising um but it's it's dog dog years years. yes dog years so we're we're all moving so fast and it's 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 gonna really come together really well though so super excited about what we're all sort of building towards
0: can you talk a little bit about what that consideration was like for you to go from um a really great exciting role with the timberwolves um to come and work on work on the the first season in the of rocker and of the call of duty like like what what motivated you to pursue that
2: it's a good question i think for me i as a kid i was always really into into video games and it sort of was uh passed on me through my dad so he like made sure that when i was growing up like we had like the latest sega genesis and all the cool games because he thought that was a cool thing and so i was always into that stuff and um played a lot of different games growing up but one of the games that just really hooked me in was playing Ghost Recon. We <laughs> I, I played that game competitively for a little bit in high school just on, you know, websites and things like that and um it was really fun. It was cool to to go up against other people, jump into a lobby, play these people, schedule a match with them and all these weird things and do that. So jumping in um, to this seemed like kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do something that's, this is the professional level of mm-hmm. playing first-person shooter video games. I don't think this is going to come along again, especially mm-hmm. in our own market, in our own place, and to be a part of that and launching something here in, in Minneapolis and in Minnesota was just something you couldn't pass up, and it was just too cool to do, especially with the way that esports is growing and the way that the popularity of the game is going, with Call of Duty being one of the number one games in the world.
0: It just seemed like kind of a, a perfect fit. Yeah. You know, that that's a common thread that we hear from whenever we have staff on this podcast is just what a unique opportunity this is to be a part of growing something like this from the ground up. And I mean, it's really, it's, it's been an incredible run. I mean, we make the dog ears joke, but that really, you know, we really talk about that a lot in the office about how, you know, we're pretty much doing the amount of work and making the number of decisions in a day that you would normally need to do in a week. Um, and so it really is like dog years. I mean, I think your second week we were talking about something that happened like a month ago. Like, yeah, remember that? Like, yeah, no, oh, I, no, no, I didn't work here then.
2: I mean, <laughs> I, I did, a, we did a couple of site walkthroughs for the armory. You and <laughs> I hadn't really even technically started yet. It was just like the entire league is coming to Minneapolis. You probably should not miss this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there and going through all this. And it's just really incredible that that, that feels like that was like. A couple of weeks ago, and it was it was only six weeks. It's still yeah. not that far away, but so just it seems like a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the amount of decisions that we're making on
0: a daily basis is just it's it's quite a bit. So it's definitely moving really fast, but yeah. it's good though. Well, I I remember when when your resume came through um, within probably a couple of hours. I got it um, from Annie that had forwarded the initial one that you had sent, and then uh, one of our mutual friends, uh, Katrina Yeager from the Vikings pass it on as well um, and the second i saw i was like okay we need to talk to this guy like yesterday this, this kind of a resume um they're producing the live productions for the wolves like this is this is exactly what we wanted in this role when we were thinking about how do we put on a great show and a great event for for the fans here
2: yeah and there's and there's a, a comfort level too of, of when you're producing home our games for a home team um you you it's really your your production that you're doing and it's very comfortable the things that you do every single game but one of the things that i got to work with in the nba which is really cool is working at nba all-star um i went for the past four years i think kind of producing and and, and managing the, the floor as a stage manager and seeing that production and seeing the level that goes into that with the types of talent that are there and the types of people um really kind of made me think like this is kind of where esports is we only have a couple of events each year as of right now that we're producing so these are going to be really big events and there's a lot of i think similarities there between what they're trying to do in providing the most entertaining event possible while also having this all-star crazy experience that's kind of like what we have here 12 teams coming to minneapolis on the 24th to 26th in january and coming in and producing that so and a lot of the people that are going to come through hopefully to come and attend that and see that really cool opportunity to produce a really interesting and really exciting show oh yeah
1: it's so cool i just love how you really add to our professional sports pedigree as well (laughs) like um i think one of the most interesting things about this team is that we have been approaching it from that professional sports mindset and you guys really have a common language there having both been in that world for a long time
0: well it's interesting too because i you know i think most people that watch the podcast have heard my background but i started in the nfl's events department but the my side of events that I've worked on is a, is a different one from the side that Chris has worked on. Um, so it's like we speak a common language, but we'll get to a certain point where like I'll say to Chris, like, okay, we're now in too technical or too production of a world for me to, you know, we've reached the end of my understanding of your world. and You're very good yeah.
1: about that, Brett. I get that from you as well. Like, I mean, just yes. to be clear, I have no idea what we're talking about anymore, but... Yes.
2: <laughs> you probably give me more credit for the technical side of things, but like... a. Um, big part of my job was how are we going to get this Cavaliers fan in the face with a pie tonight and that's <laughs> a big part of what our night was every single game is how are we going to have you know Crunch come over and do something to a guy yep. um, so <laughs> yeah, there is that part of it I feel like that was a big part of my job but the other part too is just the technical side of the cameras and all this and the technology that we're using and how do we use that best to interact with our fans and things so that's super important too And you come into um, an experience you know with with the rocker and you come to one of our, our events and matches we want you to be able to engage with us in every way possible that's whether it's our hosts that are hosting it, um, the games that we hopefully can be, be playing and engaging with with people, whether it's through social media and the different ways that we can use those tools.
1: So did you do a lot of like celebrity appearances and that kind of thing? Did you have to herd petty celebrities around?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> not not so much at the Wolves. We had, when the, the Super Bowl was here, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of more celebrities that were generally at our game. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. We, we got to meet some of those guys and just sort of uh, interact with them. When I was at All-Star, though, it would generally just be... I think the last one of the last ones I worked to is Team Kobe versus our Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. And so I had to go up to different celebrities and ask them, "Hey, like, hey Chris Tucker, are you Team Giannis or or, or, or Team LeBron?" And then I would give him a shirt that we would want him to put up and wear, and then I have to be like, "Hey, every time I'd ask them, I have to ask them, are you okay being on camera?" And so it's kind of fun to go and interact with some of these guys and, and just have that opportunity. I never thought I would go ask Chris Tucker if he wanted a t shirt. So that that's that's kinda fun.
0: And, Even big celebrities love free stuff, don't they? Uh, yeah, they don't
2: mind it. Um, and, and the, the the fun part too about that is 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 part of my line of work as a stage manager or as anyone in production, like you never want to see the stage manager. So when the Oscars happened a few years ago and you saw the guy with the headset on with the cards and he was mm-hmm. dead center stage, you know stuff is going wrong. So, <laughs> you never want to see the stage manager ever. That was my I'm like literally crouching behind cameras and doing like uh, doing everything i can to not be seen i'm like behind tables and like there's a lot of weird situations have, that pop have up. have you
0: had a moment where whether through your fault or someone else's and i've got a story i'll tell in a minute but if you had one where you where you failed at avoiding the camera in a big moment
2: There, there's that it's more of almost like a, a few times i've my biggest fear was recently we were at Charlotte and I was in charge of grabbing Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny Smith for a Papa Shot contest. Okay. And. All I heard from the, the director was stage managers, get in there. We, we got we to gotta frame up the shot, frame up the shot. And like, I'm not going to, I can't really tell Shaq what the, I can't yell at Shaq from behind the camera <laughs> where to go. So I very gently sure, grabbed him by, I didn't grab him, but I very gently did one of these kind of like, you know, just, just to the side Just said, can we move over a little bit, please? And uh, he kind of just when he's, moved his hand away really quickly and just said, oh, don't touch me. I was like. Oh God! I hope no national broadcast camera saw that or caught the guys. I do not want to be a no. meme today. He's a really nice guy, but just don't like some people don't like to be touched, was are wearing really nice suits or whatever it what, is. Uh, and,
0: what 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 year was
1: this?
2: Uh, I've come through. It's it's quite clean. Um okay. it's I don't think it's there. Uh, but I, I did, though, actually. It's like Chris. Great example. Same thing. In the thing.
1: middle of the night, Chris wakes up and looks for that clip. Oh,
2: yeah, I do it every couple <laughs> times. Um, that same weekend, though, we did this the, the dunk contest, and every weekend I would tell myself, I go, in, I go in full-on sprint mode once every year. Not necessarily anybody's fault, it's just that's live production and things happen. Yep. I go on a full-on sprint. The first time I ever did it, I was trying to find Draymond Green because he was doing a... Uh, contest with Kevin Hart and we had to have him as part of it so I got him mic'd up and then he just like disappeared somebody grabbed him for an interview and we couldn't find him so everyone headsets like where's Draymond Green where's Draymond Green and we couldn't find him and finally (laughs) someone just oh he's doing an interview quick he popped out and then the crisis averted but anyways for the last one at Charlotte you can go back and see me on the footage and they were as part of their entertainment they like to make the dunk contest it's really the highlight of all-star Saturday night so everyone's really into that And they try to make it a really big production. So guys will jump over cars, and they'll jump over airplanes. And so this one was in Charlotte, so the Wright brothers and all of that in in the Carolinas. So they're jumping over a plane. So I think it was, I don't remember the player, but he was for, I think, Atlanta. And he jumped over a plane. But then I think, as we were building, that might be a different dunk. But there's one that we did where he needed a a ball rack. Because he was going to maybe jump over a ball rack. Then he said no, and then he brought out a celebrity to jump over. But we didn't have the ball rack on there. Mm -hmm. And so... I, they were like, hey, we need this ball rack for this dunk. And he's, like, walking around, can't really find it. He's kind of thinking about what he's going to do is he's waiting for this prop to come out that we didn't have quite ready. So the props or the, the dunk uh, basketball uh, racks were all locked in the back midway near, near the locker rooms. So they have these little ball boys who, who are, like, brought in, and they're, they're little kids, and they're not really... They're just kind of they very simple jobs to do, and they just do those. So one of them had the key to grab that thing, and I went, and I was like, we have, like... 30 seconds maybe get this thing. Grab the key, grab the kid. I just start running through full speed, almost ran over, I think, Reggie Miller on the way back. He was coming with someone else for an interview. And zoomed past these guys, got in the room, grabbed the the dunk uh, rack out, the the ball rack out, ripped off the sponsor signage, because we want to make sure it's not the wrong one. You don't want to have, you know, someone out there who's not supposed to be. I don't want to get yelled at for that. So (laughs) ran it back, and I was like, lock it up. And I just grabbed the thing, ran it out, and then all of a sudden you'll see me... This is all happening with me rushing through, almost running people over with a big rack. And then I walk on the court. My first steps are me just very, very nicely just coming, putting it there, and then walking away. And I got, like, 17 texts after that. I was like, oh, my God, you're just on TV. I was like, ah, I know, I know. I'm not happy about it.
0: It's like, <laughs> on, you know, I'm saying, just... you, don't, you don't want to see the, like, the duck on the water. You don't want to see the legs oh, moving. You just not. see and the calm cruising.
2: The the <laughs> short and long of that is just that... You wouldn't notice any of that happened, yep. except for maybe the tear in my face of the sweat that was coming <laughs> down. Like, Why is that guy so sweaty?
0: He's just walking that bar rack out.
2: <laughs> and actually, it's because I completely ran the thing out did, there. Did you
0: hit the TV timing? Got it?
2: Oh, well, got I it? think it was slightly delayed, but like we got it out there, so it was fine. But, um, I mean, that's just live production. It happens everywhere. It's, it happens on the wolf side of things. And sometimes right. it's, you know, we're moving these platforms out to have, I think it was Bell Biv DeVoe or somebody was doing a halftime performance. The light-up boxes that they were going to stand on were falling apart, and they were not safe to stand on. So we're trying to fix it down there and get it going. There's dozens of examples like that. And it's, it's you just our goal is for you to never know that. As a stage manager, so that's mm-hmm. that's one of the most important things.
0: If you see yeah. them, things are going poorly. Yep. for For a while in my career, um, on the Super Bowl, I would help essentially stage manage the player introductions, um, and for for a normal, you know, for a normal NFL game, you know, they'll shoot. The you know the players actually running out of the tunnel, but for Super Bowl, especially if it's an NBC Super Bowl, they love the shot of players literally walking out of the locker room, which now suddenly means that you have to time them leaving the locker room absolutely to TV. And there was always some sort of drama, whether it was you know you're off by a couple seconds or something. And I'll never forget my first Super Bowl that I worked or my second Super Bowl that I worked. It was the Bears against the Colts in Miami the year that it like poured rain and Prince had this awesome halftime show. Um, I'm just, I'm, you know, this 22 year old kid or whatever. And, um, my job is to keep the Chicago bears from leaving the locker room early. And <laughs> they're now, but like there. TV wants to make sure they don't miss the shot. So TV yeah. wants to rush them out. So they're telling the, you know, the bear staff, like, get them ready, get them ready. So now they come to the door and now it's like basically just me doing this. And I've got like radio in my ear at, you know, somebody asking like, where are they? And so I say in the microphone, we have the bears held at the tunnel and this giant, Offensive lineman looks down at me and goes, you think you have the Bears held? I was just like, oh. <laughs> Please don't run. Please don't yeah, run out. I was like, okay, Please I got to get that. out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the fun part was, like, if there was no, you know, depending on how they were setting up the tunnels, if there wasn't, like, a color, if there wasn't, like, flags or, you know, cheerleaders or something, sometimes it was just me and daylight, and I was like, man, I hope they see me when they come out here and don't just storm me over.
2: It's it's terrifying. That happens all the time, though, and it just happens in general. When So at All-Star, we, you know, we try to, like, the guys don't just walk out from, like, the side of the court, walk out from the bench. Like, they're on these giant stages where, like, guys are being risen from below and they're coming up with CO2 shooting out and sparks and all this stuff and fireworks and pyro, and, you know, they, they usually have a walkthrough to practice it, but to your point, like, they're only going to do, like, Sometimes, gonna, sometimes they show very, up for the
0: walkthrough, sometimes well, they don't.
2: Yeah, so they come to but are they really focused at the walkthrough? Or, yep. And this is an all-star. So these guys are just here to kind of have fun and entertain. Yeah. So how focused are they necessarily going to be? You're You're dealing with that, and then it's... So Sometimes they don't listen to you. Even your own team, if you're doing an yeah. intro sequence and it's the opening night and they introduce every single guy individually one by one, most of the guys are very nice and they listen. Other guys will mess with you. Uh, Lindsay Whalen would always mess with me at, at the links. She would, very to be funny, but she would like pretend to go right away and then I would go, oh, and she freaked me out. And then, <laughs> like, oh, yep. don't do that. Yep. Okay, you have to go when I send you. And then So the players get into it and, and, and they understand. But some of them, just, they just don't listen oh, to you. Yeah. They're just going to do whatever they want.
0: Well, I, had a, I had a funny trying to avoid the camera moment um, at I think it was Super Bowl 49, which was one of my last, uh, my second to last Super Bowl with the NFL, um, where we did a rehearsal the day before of what that walk was going to be. And obviously you don't have the teams there. They bring in high school players to like walk through every step of it so the cameras can figure out their angles, all that. So my job was to get, again, get the team out of the locker room. And I have a long conversation with the NBC camera guy and the producer that's with him about, okay, where do I walk? Because basically I'm walking in front of what will probably be Tom Brady leaving the locker room. So I'm saying, okay, like, where do you want me to walk so I'm not in your shot? So we script it all out and we plan it. Now what doesn't get discussed in that conversation is when NBC isn't taking that same camera shot, the in-venue screen is going to take it. Mm -hmm. So I'm clear of the shot when NBC is shooting Tom Brady, but as soon as we rounded a certain corner, now it's basically like my face on the jumbotron instead of, <laughs> instead of Tom Brady's. And, of course, there's a three-second delay, so three seconds of this, which is a long time in when this is happening and me not knowing, and then all of a sudden my, my earpiece just blows up of, Diamond, get the out of this shot. <laughs> what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm, I'm walking exactly where I was supposed to walk. And then afterwards, I'm like, "Hey, you were on the you were on the video board." Yeah, and uh, the 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 guy the guy who who called that show, uh, uh, Sammy Choi, who's good, uh, an awesome dude, good friend. uh, He still gives me a hard time about that if I run into him to this day. And I say, "Like, (laughs) I was where I was supposed to be." Yeah, I have a friend. We rehearsed it.
2: A friend of mine is one of our our stage managers, and he was working for us. And we did a halftime show with Prof and I think P O S or maybe it was just Prof for this one, a local Minneapolis hip hop uh, hip hop rapper. Um, he, we had a guy standing. We had this all cool shot laid out where there's some lights behind him, and he walks out, does a little does a couple of bars, and then and then goes on to the court from the the corner of the arena where we have like our 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 uh, premium area, and so. Our, our stage manager is just standing there and he's just kind of like guarding it to make sure nobody crosses in front of the shot. Now he's in the shot, which is fine for the most part, but just this particular night we had this awesome aurora green color that was part of our part of our branding, which is fun and exciting, but not so much when you're doing a performance. So there's all these blue lights and it just, it stuck out like a sore thumb. So every single time you watched it, you just saw his big green shirt was just sitting there. <laughs> and uh, I still give him a hard time for that every time. <laughs> Sometimes it's tough to be, it's unavoidable. You're just going to get on camera. Nope.
1: I keep spacing out because you guys are talking about sports. <laughs> um, I'm only kidding. Um. You're, you're, you're not kidding at all. <laughs> Um, but I do have a very important question for Chris. Uh, Chris's last name is Vanderbeek, so I oh, yeah. know everyone at home wants to know whether you are related to my high school boyfriend, James Vanderbeek. Yes. He was America's high school boyfriend Most at the people, time. Yeah, people,
2: yeah. Um, that's a good question. Uh, so from what I'm told from my family members, we are all related to some degree. Okay. There's... Uh, He doesn't come to family reunions. I haven't seen him at Christmas. We're not that close. But like he is potentially a fifth or sixth cousin of where there's not a lot of Vanderbeeks around. So if you see one, we're probably related at some point. Okay. Um, What's funnier about that, though, and I may not have told you guys this story before, is that my brother's name is actually James Vanderbeek. (laughs) But it's not like that, that James Vanderbilt. And so he go
0: by James. Oh, that's he, rough. He, go by He's James. By Jim.
2: he goes by Julio a lot actually for some reason. It's just a weird oh. nickname he has. Yeah. But I mean, you gotta give yourself something. You don't wanna walk around as James Vanderbilt all the time. <laughs> oh, no. um, but we were at a grocery store and my mom was asked this question. And she, she gets I we do this all the time, right? It's just the first question I joke around with people. Um, but she got asked the question, are you related to James Cameron? She's like, well, yeah, that's that's my that's my stepson, Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't realize, like, that's what the dumb. context of the question was because she doesn't watch Dawson's Creek. She's doesn't not her programming. Um, and so I had to explain to her after. She's like, yeah, people ask me that a lot. I don't ever seems to know who he is. I was like, Mom, it's a very famous TV show. He's an actor on that show, and you're telling people you're related to this actor. Just stop doing that. Um, so... <laughs> Yes, in, in a nutshell, I am potentially related to him. I have not reached out to him. I do follow him on Instagram, but-
1: He has a really funny Instagram. He
2: does, yeah, it's actually very good. Yeah. Um, oh,
1: I can see it though, maybe in the forehead. Potentially, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, that's mainly because <laughs> my hair is receding slowly. It wasn't always like that,
0: so.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, good to know. Yes. Good to know. Um, so in the six weeks that you've been with us, what would you say have been like some of the most unexpected things that have happened?
2: oh, um unexpected things that have happened um might
0: be an easier question what what expected has yeah happened? what what this maybe the, uh, that
2: that <laughs> might be closer to it i think. <laughs> I think just just jumping in and sort of figuring out what was done, what's not been done, and where do we have to go from there, and not that we just haven't been working hard. It's just there's so much that we're doing and launching a professional league, and then also playing in a venue for the first time and doing esports in a venue that hasn't been done before in that. So um, I just I think the the unexpected things that were there is I, I'm just learning so much about things that I necessarily didn't have a um, hand in before, which I think has been the unexpected part. That that's kind of great is is learning so much and being a part of, you know, learning pieces that I, I didn't even think to to think about before. But now those are becoming in and just becoming a better person and professional by jumping into having so much going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely crazy around here. It's, yes. it's one of those things where everybody's working really hard and then you find out something really obvious that you probably should have done two weeks ago that you haven't done and you're just like, oh. Why didn't I? <laughs> I could have done that earlier. <laughs> but it all gets done eventually, right? Yes, yes, we're yes. It'll be all right on the night. <laughs> in your days at the Timberwolves, what would you say is one of the most memorable um, kind of sequences that you put together?
2: I had a feeling you'd ask this question. I think it's it's the sequences are fun. I think the the big one that that in terms of building it and creating this moment was when Kevin Garnett returned. I think. He's such an iconic person in Minnesota and just such a, a basketball star in general that having him come back here was, was just one of the – it was incredible to be a part of that. And if you go back and look at the, the intro video of our – just his intro sequence, I'm actually kneeling behind the bench in that situation, cueing the CO2 to go off That is that we set up right behind him specifically. And he has a tradition of where he would sit in a certain place and he wouldn't look at anybody and, like, you, know not, you do not talk to Kevin Garnett pregame. You do not ask him to do anything. You just – leave him alone. That's that's, that's what we do. Um, but putting that sequence together was really special because he got his own intro video that night. We did our team one like normal, introduced four guys. He was the last guy introduced. And then he had a special video that we went and actually got, um, I, think, I don't know if it was coming home or homecoming, but it was from Kanye West, a track from Kanye West that we used as part of it. Um, and just going through that whole thing. And we did all of this in 48 hours. We booked Montel Jordan for halftime in maybe three days. Wow. Booked him, flew him out, did the performance, rehearsed it, set everything up. Um, that's how quick we like turn this thing around. So that was incredible to be a part of that. But um, I think just also the, the the ring ceremonies that we got to do with the links that was such a, a special moment. And it's it's just these these people work so hard. And you know, running the in game piece and running the games, you just sort of have a bit of a connection with them because every time they score, you're making sure that these little graphics go up, and you're like, yeah, all right. And so watching these people win a championship and just how hard they work, getting to know the players so well, um, that was really great to be able to build these these ceremonies. And we try to do them differently than other folks. I mean, we had giant screens in the end zones and had the players run out, each have a different print song that was specially picked out just for them. And like the cool things that we did, it was really a big, uh, those are really fun to be a part of.
1: That's amazing. Well, so I know, you know, we're coming up closer and closer to the event and I know there's a lot that you can't share, of course. Yes. But um, why don't you tell the people... Uh, a couple of things that they can be excited about that we're going to be yeah. doing at this uh, this event coming up.
2: Yeah, so uh, it's it's going to be a big event. We've got about three pack filled days of of. Uh awesome matches between all of the, the the best teams in, in call of duty so that's obviously a big reason why people want to come out but um you know we're the the in in venue entertainment um we want to make sure that everybody has has a great time when they come and that's kind of you know we're, we're viewing and in, in my opinion the, the the program that we're producing it's kind of you know, we're sort of the last line of defense a little bit. People are going to come and have a really great time for the weekend, but the one excuse we don't want to give them is they didn't have fun. So uh, between the the uh, in-venue stuff, we'll do a lot of fun breaks and, and, and programming, but, I mean, one of the neat things that you can do this weekend is meet players. We have meet-and-greets mm-hmm. that are going to be scheduled throughout the entire weekend. So if you want to meet your favorite Call of Duty pro, that's an opportunity to go and do There's a lot of great players that are going to be here, and, and yeah. esports just stars in general, not All just even Call teams. of Duty. All 12 so, teams like are going to be any, here.
1: any Call of Duty player that you like is probably going to be
2: probably going to be here, and, and among other things. So yeah, we're hoping to in, in, engage and really have fans be able to, to, to meet them. And it's an important part of, of this and being accessible and having accessibility into you know, the sport that you follow and, and, and your interests. So that's a big thing we're doing. There's also some other things that we can't talk about, but are pretty cool <laughs> that we will talk about them as soon as we can.
1: For example, there might be a musical act. Poss- yeah, possibly,
0: <laughs> possibly. Chris, you alluded to it earlier, but can you talk about how you look at things through the lens, and how we look at things through the lens of all twelve teams coming? We want, we do want this to be a celebration of all twelve teams in the league, but let's make it a little bit better, a little bit cooler when it comes to our team, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is this is the launch weekend, I believe, hosted by Minnesota Rocker. So um, we want to make sure that you know when our team comes out, we've got some extra things planned to make sure that they are different from the other 12 teams. Um, but we, we still want to celebrate everything that is call of duty and the, the call of duty league. It's, it's, it's a big celebration of that and the kickoff of this league. It's so incredible to be a part of that. But more importantly, um, this is our team's first time ever walking out first time an esports team that belongs to Minnesota is ever going to walk out. So we're, we're, working on some things to make sure that that's a, a cool experience that's memorable
0: yeah I can't wait for that moment we talked about it when we had Saint and Jake on the coaches talking you know talking about a few things but I think everyone's just so excited for what we're doing to lead up to that moment when when the team is introduced to the crowd for the first time on Friday night I would liken
2: it to the first time that you guys were able to say the name Minnesota Rocker out in public. Oh,
0: my God, yes. Like,
2: I watched you guys do that, and it was like, oh, that's got to feel so good. They can finally say it, and they're not going to get in trouble. So for us, I think for, for me as an event guy and, and a producer, that moment is, is the one that we want to get through. It's the one that we can't wait to do. It's the first time they walk out with the jerseys on um, and all of that. It, it's it's a special moment, so we're looking forward to that. Absolutely.
0: It's going to be cool. Any? Can you give any previews or hints of the uh, of the video that people see then?
1: Um, I will confirm that there is a video. <laughs> uh, I will confirm that it is rad. <laughs> um, no, no, it's a uh, it's a very cool piece. Um, we wanted to do something that would get people excited about the players, get them um, in the right headspace, just to to see them come out, and um, I think, yeah, what we have is gonna be pretty special. You know, our, our brand is, is an unusual brand. We've got kind of a, a spooky brand. Like, when people first see this guy, they're like, mm-hmm. ooh, that everyone kind of does this wince thing that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of magical. And um, so we just definitely wanna keep playing in that space and, and building on that branding that has us in sort of a different world from some of the other teams.
0: Absolutely, while well, there's still tickets available, rockertickets.gg
1: rockertickets.gg yep. tickets.gg thanks everyone for listening thanks for
0: Annie and, and Chris for joining us uh, remember to get your tickets at rockertickets.gg and thanks to WeWork for hooking us up with the space we've got a couple more weeks here um, at the WeWork in downtown Minneapolis before we head on to our new facility in Egan so we're excited about that um, thanks guys we'll talk to you next week thanks everybody